Our next guest was 42, married with two kids, when one day he transitioned to a woman. And he lived as that woman named Laura for eight years before regretting the decision and then transitioning back to a male. And while he did always feel trapped in his body and initially felt very happy being a woman, the reality set in and he regretted having what he calls the destructive process. Walt Heyer is now 74 and wants others to hear his story. And he says his desire to change genders came from a childhood trauma, not a genetic disorder. And now he says hundreds are making the same destructible mistake because they aren't being properly assessed and surgeons are rushing through with the process. And I tell you his story because this issue is being taught in our schools right across the country. And issues like gender dysphoria are being taught to children and parents as actual fact instead of theory. And as we hear a growing number of stories of children being put on hormone replacement at a very, very young age, this is a conversation that we should have. So let's bring Walt into this conversation. His name is Walt Heyer, and you can get his website. It's called sexchangeregret.com. Glad to have you with us tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Alex. Nice to be on. You're 74 years old. You had uh, what can only be, I guess, described as an enormous transformation of your whole entire existence, and you regretted it and went back. What do you want people to know about that? Well, I'm actually 77, so that document is probably a little, uh, was a little old. But yeah, I've got 73 years of experience with this whole transgender stuff, uh, because I started as a child myself at the age of four. And what I want people to know is that today, what's happening is that uh, doctors themselves cannot tell who should and who shouldn't transition. Uh, They're guessing, uh, just like they are with anybody. There's absolutely no objective laboratory medical test that can prove uh, that a kid is a transgender or not, uh, because it's very subjective. It's usually uh, something that people self-identify with. Uh, with me, uh, 73 years ago, uh, when I was four, uh, I I cross-dressed, and, and my grandmother affirmed me and uh, made me feel very good about cross-dressing and even made me feel what I call that actually planting the seed of gender dysphoria. Because uh, when you affirm somebody in the opposite gender, what you're really doing is sort of discarding the gender that they were born with. And so you're making them feel as though uh, there's something wrong with them. And so they're trying to find a solution. And if people are telling them the solution is hormones and changing genders, then they're too young to know any different. The problem is... Uh, we don't understand the term consequences today. Uh, all we're interested in is affirming and accepting people as what they say they are rather than doing some deep therapy to find out why they want to change from who they really are to become someone actually, uh, biologically, they can never become. So uh, therein lies the problem. And, and Dr. Olson here in the United States, who's a research psychologist at the University of Washington, says we don't have any definite data, one way or the other, to to know who is a transgender kid and who isn't. She's 
now concerned that they're doing too much of this herself, and she's an advocate. She's She's been helping uh, kids transition, and she's become concerned, and she says, now I want to do a study of 300 children for a 20-year period. She says, then, she says, hopefully, I can answer the question, who should and who shouldn't transition. So the doctors who are advocates today don't even know uh, or can't even agree on who the transgender kids are. They're just taking a parent's word for it, or they're taking the child's word for it, and then they're uh, giving them hormone blockers. I've actually worked with people uh, later on who've had these hormone blockers and had an orchiotomy uh, and lived as a female, and now they regret it and want me to help them detransition back. In fact, the biggest movement in the transgender community today is not people transitioning. It's actually people detransitioning, people who've been out there for years, and now they want, they're contacting me and wanting me to find them help so that they can detransition back uh, from the mess that they got themselves into. So I'm not sure that this is... Um, making its way yet into the big media, but I'm I'm trying to make it uh, expose as many people to the truth as I possibly can. Well, it, it doesn't get discussed because, you know, many say that there are activists who will push back very hard. Um, our, our, our broadcaster, the CBC, a public broadcaster, was going to air a, a recent documentary that even raised questions about gender dysphoria um, and even to have that debate. And the pushback on it was so hard, they decided not to show it. Um, so I think a lot of people feel like they're being silenced. But, you know, uh, given that they are bringing it into the schools at so uh, such an early age, you know, I've got parents, um, I, because I've been talking about this for the last night uh, or two, emailing me privately because they're too scared to talk publicly. They're too scared to uh-huh. speak out. And they say that their children um, were essentially taken from them and brainwashed into believing that they are someone who they are not. Right. Yeah. That's exactly right. This is an indoctrination. But what people who are listening to me speak now and listening to your radio show should know is that this whole thing started by three men, Dr. Kinsey, Dr. Benjamin, and Dr. Money. Now, all three of those men, now listen to this because it's factual, it's scary. They started the whole transgender movement. They are pedophile activists and well-known pedophile activists. They, they were three men who launched this thing first with an effeminate boy that they decided that uh, needed hormones and, and surgery. And they got him the hormones, sent him off to Europe from, I believe, San Francisco, sent him off to Europe to have the surgery. They never heard from the child again. So, I think there's there's a lot that people do not know about the history. We're living in a moment of time when everybody's accepting what they're being told about this rather than digging back and looking at the truth and the history. Even Benjamin's own clinic, who was one of the three men who started this, had a an activist, a homosexual activist, who helped him at his gender clinic. His name was Dr. Charles L. Illenfeld. And he was an endocrinologist, and he worked at that clinic for five, uh, six years, and he administered hormones to some 500 transgenders who had gone through the surgery. And at the end of that six years, he announced to his colleagues, therapists and doctors, 
and said, we shouldn't be doing this. He said, in fact, I'm leaving the field of uh, being an endocrinologist and I'm going into psychiatry so that I can actually help these people because the issues they're suffering with are much deeper Mm -hmm. and can be achieved by doing surgery and hormones. We have issues like gender dysphoria now being presented as fact and not a theory. And so we've actually got uh, some in schools in BC. There's one uh, school board that doesn't actually even debate the issue. They they put the science aside and, and say that dysphoria now is presented as fact. So if you even question it now, you are then painted as a transphobic. Well, you know, dysphoria is depression. So uh, gender depression, which is the opposite of euphoria, only tells us the person is depressed about their gender. Um, and certainly that can be the case. That that can be real. But the, the fact is that what people aren't talking to the parents and kids about is that 62.7% of this population of self-identified transgenders are suffering from something, maybe a word that no one's heard that's listening tonight, and it's called comorbid disorders. And comorbid disorders are things like separation anxiety, bipolar disorders, schizophrenia, um, dissociative disorders, um, body dysmorphic disorder, and autogynephilia, which will come up later in their teens and into into adulthood. So without, uh, you know, investigating, going in and doing deep therapy work to find out what is causing them or what their desires are about changing genders. Where do they come from? What What's the origin? They weren't born that way. So we know that we're actually manufacturing these children by either through media or schools. Uh, some parents are so such advocates that they actually want their kids to be a transgender kid because they think that makes them kind of hips looking cool. But uh, w- what I know for a fact is that the population of kids who identify as transgenders attempt suicide at the rate of 45%. So I would caution people on how exciting it is to uh, begin to advocate for something that's causing kids to attempt suicide at a rate of 45%. And this attempted suicide rate has actually been going on since the late 70s. Can I, uh, I, I'm going to interrupt you because I'm running out of time, but I want to I get your thoughts. Do you believe that we will have a generation of kids looking back at us, at, as us, at, at, as parents, and 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 questioning why we allowed them to be used ex- as experiments? Absolutely. Oh, guaranteed. So, what would your word of uh, advice be then to parents who are going through this, or kids who are looking into um, into this? Well, I think they're in a real tough spot, but I do think parents have some inkling of how this may have gotten started, where it came from. And I would suggest that the parents find a very good non-activist who will actually dig into looking at why the child. And I've I've been doing this with with people myself. You just ask them questions. Why do you, Johnny, why do you want to change genders? Where did this come from? How did you learn about it? You know, dig down. Don't take their word for it. Find out how it got started. What was the origin? And you'd be surprised. Uh, maybe they learned it from a neighbor kid. Maybe they learned it from school. Maybe they learned it from a book in school or online or television or something. Uh, fascinating conversation. I thank you so much for talking. I hope to have you on again. 
You betcha. We'll Thank put you. your uh, webpage up. It's uh, Walter Heyer. And you, if you want information, if you want to see uh, some other views, sexchangeregret.com. And this is from someone who has had gender reassignment uh, and regretted it and went back uh, to being a man. So great conversation. Answered a lot of questions for me.